Hi, this is Heidi and welcome to Prompt Help Podcast, where each and every week we chat with health experts in medical, holistic, allied health and wellness as they share their wisdom. We believe everyone's journey in health and wellness should be personalized for them, as one size does not fit all. This journey to the healthier you can begin right now. Welcome back to another episode of Prompt Health and also welcoming beginning of fall. Hope you're all doing well and by now have adjusted to the kids being back at school and enjoying some of your free time to yourself. We focus this week on this whole topic of emotional wellness and how our emotional and mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. We talk about lifestyle a lot and know the basics that affect our physical and mental health are all the same, which are eating healthy, getting enough sleep, and moving our body. Some other strategies are just learning more about our emotions and practicing more awareness by acknowledging what it is that makes us have certain feelings, what makes us happy, what makes us sad, what makes us stressed or anxious, what makes us frustrated or creates fear, what gives us hope. By feeling our emotions and expressing them and learning our body cues, we then can address them and deal with them. There are many practitioners who specialize in different areas of emotional and mental well-being, and many of them have certain niche in a specific area of mental health. We were fortunate to be able to connect with Kelsey Met for today's episode. Kelsey is a registered clinical counselor, trauma therapist, and business mentor based in Salt Spring Island, British Columbia. She specializes in working with trauma and anxiety and supporting individuals to move the blocks getting in the way of living their fullest lives. Without further ado, let's get started with Kelsey here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is a really exciting initiative that you're pulling together. Awesome. Thank you. So we hear so much about mental health, especially these days as we're navigating through these difficult times of uh, COVID. We wanted to talk to you today um, as a mental health expert to give us some insight and tips. And we know you see a lot of people with um, anxiety. So we wanted to talk to you more specifically about that today. So why don't we start with uh, what kind of work do you do in the world? Sure. Yeah. So I run a private practice. Um, I'm a sort of fairly generalized therapist, although I specialize specifically, as you mentioned, in anxiety. And I also do a lot of work with trauma, particularly folks who've experienced a lot of childhood trauma. So that's kind of my one-on-one work that I do with clients. But then I also am really interested, similar to you and your um, organization, in making these resources around mental health more accessible um, and more widely available online. So I've actually transitioned a lot of my work into creating free content over on Instagram and through my newsletter and also running online courses on various topics to hopefully make the kind of conversations I have with clients in the therapy room more available and accessible and affordable in some cases to folks. I also run a podcast myself as well called The Unraveled Life. 
Awesome. I didn't know about that. That's that's great to find out. Um, and speaking of that, uh, before we go into anxiety more, do you find um, people find the different services in mental health specifically? Because there are so many different areas, right? There's relationship, there is, um, you know, mood disorders, there's like so many. Do you find people um, can find these services easy or, you know, is it still by word of mouth and finding, you know, getting, doing a Google search and talking to their doctor or um, what do you think about um, access to care? Mm, what a good question. Yeah, I think it is becoming easier and easier, but the biggest issue I see is that people don't have enough information to necessarily know exactly what they're looking for. For example, in Canada, you know, and I'm in British Columbia and counselors still aren't, we still don't have a college here. So there's no actual regulation around using the words counselor. So if you're not, you know, as a client with maybe a lot of trauma, you really need to work with someone who's really skilled, has a lot of training and experience in this area but you might not know to specifically look for a Canadian certified counselor or a registered clinical counselor with training and trauma. You might just see the word counselor and be like, okay, this person's probably fine, but they might not actually have the experience. So I think there's a lot more information and education that needs to be offered about what to actually look for and a lot more support provided to kind of guide clients through that process of actually finding a therapist, not only with the skills and training that's right for them, but also that's just a good fit for them, right? I have a lot of questions from clients or just random people on my Instagram and my DMs and stuff being like, how do I know if my therapist or a therapist is right for me? Um, and there's not a lot of guidance given around that, right? Unless you mm -hmm. have a word of mouth referral, um, it's hard to know. And sometimes it takes some time to find the right fit too, right? Sometimes it means trying a few different practitioners, whether it's in counseling or, or in other fields within health, um, to find the person who's gonna just click with you and get you and be able to support you. And often, clients don't necessarily understand that, right? They're like, okay, I've tried one counselor that, that didn't feel good. Now I, I don't want to see anybody. I'm like, well, we're all humans here, right? So mm -hmm. we're going to naturally connect with some people more easily than others. And I think just providing more, more support and guidance through that whole process of finding not only a fit, but the right fit is, is really important. And it is something that I do see as being um, a missing link for a lot of folks, especially people who don't have a lot of financial resources available to like keep trying over and over again to find the right person. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what we believe too. We believe a lot of the referrals are more like blind referrals. Um, yeah. And yeah. So let's, let's talk about um, anxiety and how do you work with anxiety? It's a big question. Um, so one way I like to frame this is to think of, to start with how we typically have worked with anxiety up to this point, right? Most of the focus when it comes to anxiety in the mental health profession, in how we hear about it, talked about in society is about looking at the thoughts, right? We're like, okay, if I can think my way out of my anxiety, I'll be fine. If I can reframe my thoughts, convince myself that there's nothing to be worried about, kind of maybe check, for, check the facts or check for evidence. Um, those are all great things, right? Those are really important ways of approaching and working with anxiety, but it misses out on um, this really important factor that when we experience anxiety, especially like really physically in our bodies, when we have that tight chest or the pounding heart or the sort of sickness or the knot in your stomach, that's often actually part of a threat response or a stress response. 
we, which is like a natural adaptive response we have as humans with nervous systems, right? When we're in a state of danger. But the problem is with anxiety, so often we have that feeling, but there's no real threat, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like we're stressed about a meeting or um, a presentation, or we're anxious about going into a social setting or just about leaving the house, which is kind of a real threat right now with the pandemic. Um, but generally speaking, right, we have those feelings and we think, I just need to talk myself out of this because that threat isn't real. Um, there's no cougar or cheetah chasing me, right? Mm -hmm. But our body's responding like there is. Our body is responding in that really heightened, anxious state where the alarm bells are going off. And so we actually need to start really learning to work with anxiety from that more physical, physiological perspective where we recognize, okay, my body, my nervous system is perceiving there's a threat here. So instead of just trying to talk my way out of it or think my way out of it, how can I actually process that stress response physically in my body? So this is like kind of working with fight, flight, freeze states. So, you know, if you're noticing when you get anxious, you start feeling really jittery and panicked, your body might actually be going a little bit into fight or flight. And that means you need to physically move that energy through you to complete that natural stress response of your body trying to protect you from something, even if there isn't a real threat. So maybe this means like going for a run or getting up and even just shaking your body physically to help give your nervous system that sense that, okay, I warned you there's a threat and, and you responded. And similar, if you're, you're someone who, when you get anxious, you find you really shut down and like want to want to hide, right? That might be your body going into freeze state and you need to actually focus on physically comforting yourself, giving yourself that soothing and sense of safety before you can start actually reframing your thinking, right? We actually have to attend to the body's needs in these moments before we can just try and change how we perceive or see the situation. Our body really needs to come first. And I think that's something that's been missed a lot with anxiety up to this point. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, what are some things to consider that people may not have thought about when working with anxiety? Yeah, so I think, I mean, that's a big one. That's something that a lot of people um, aren't totally aware of is the importance of tuning into the body's cues and allowing um, that natural completion of the stress response cycle. Another big one is that um, sometimes anxiety can actually mask um, other emotions underneath. So sometimes, especially for people who are chronically anxious and feel anxiety a lot of the time, it's certainly not fun, right? It's not comfortable, but it can feel um, easy or normal to be in an anxious state because we do it a lot. And so what ends up happening is sometimes we might actually have a deeper emotion beneath our anxiety, could be anger, could mm -hmm. be fear, could be grief. Um, and instead of feeling that deeper emotion, it just kind of presents as anxiety for us. Mm -hmm. um, and we assume we're just anxious because we're so used to feeling anxious. So we must be. And so something I also encourage people to do in addition to looking at the, the nervous system and the body pieces is to tap into their emotional states and really dig deeper and, and explore if there's something perhaps more painful that needs to be felt or more difficult that needs to be felt beneath the anxiety because emotions need to be felt in order to end, they need to be acknowledged and validated and processed in some way. And if we're just stuck in a loop of like feeling our anxiety, but really we're actually grieving or we're really like deeply afraid or um, whatever else it might be, 
we need to actually feel the, the appropriate emotion. So that's something too that um, I like to encourage my, my clients to explore um, is just asking that question and getting curious of like, what else, what else is here beyond just the anxiety? Mm-hmm. Great points. And it, ta- it does take a lot of awareness. That's for sure. And, and speaking of that, what are your top tools or tips to support yourself and feeling anxious? Yeah, so there's, I mean, so many ways to answer this question, um, because there's so many things we can do to support ourselves with our anxiety. So, of course, there's the more common and really important, and I would say like absolutely top tip grounding tools to use in the moment when you're feeling anxious, right? So one that I know a lot of people I work with love and find very helpful is um, something called 54321. And this is basically a way of reorienting to the physical space around you and to the five senses when you're getting pulled into an anxious state or already in like a state of panic. And so what this is, is you basically pause, right? Maybe put your feet flat on the ground and look around the room and name five things that you see. So you're kind of cueing your eyes and your sense of sight to reorient to the space around you. You name four things that you physically feel in your body. So this is things like your feet on the ground or your hands touching your legs, not like emotions. Then you name three things that you hear. So three, three sounds you hear. Two things that you smell, if you can. I know that can be a tricky one. And one thing that you can taste. Um, even if you don't follow that exact structure of five, four, three, two, one, doing something to really reorient to the space around you can help pull you out of that sort of Willy Wonka tunnel of anxiety and come back to reality and just feel a little more grounded that along with taking really slow, deep breaths. Um, I know people are like, Oh, don't just tell me to breathe, but there's a reason we do it when we have a breathe. The exhale is really nice and slow and longer than the inhale. We're bringing on board our parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for calming us down. And it sends a cue to our body that goes, oh, we're not under threat. So really slowing down your breathing. It's not just something we say to do, like it actually scientifically works. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are two kind of grounding tools. But another thing I like to draw people's attention to is the fact that So often we feel like when we're anxious, it's our fault or there's something wrong with us or we just can't handle the situation well enough or we don't have the right tools. And yet a lot of the things in our society right now that we feel anxious about are, I think, less any flaw with us as individuals, but more systemic issues in our society, right? It's like we're anxious because there's these massive expectations put on us about what it means to be successful or productive, or we're anxious because we're told our bodies need to look a certain way, or we're anxious because we're in a pandemic and somehow this is the time we're all supposed to learn to break bake sourdough bread, or we're anxious because, you know, the list goes on. And so really thinking about like, what of my anxiety is not actually my problem? Like what of what I'm feeling or thinking right now is just this story I'm being told by the broader society, by my family growing up, by my workplace culture, whatever it might be trying to create a bit of separation and reality check, you know, like how much of this am I just taking on from the world around me? That's not really necessarily mine to carry. Great reminder. Love that. That's so, so true. Um, And if I like to leave our audience um, from these conversations with one takeaway, if you could leave us with one takeaway, I know this is a huge topic. (laughs) Um, What would that be? Um, 
That's a big question. The thing that just <laughs> popped into my mind is um, a reminder to be gentle with yourself when it comes to anxiety. Um, because like I was just talking about, right, we so often perceive it as this flaw or like something we're not doing right. And it can feel like something that isolates us from other people that makes us like different or separate. And we often end up feeling alone in our anxiety. But if we can start to flip that on its head and, and see anxiety as something that is inherently human, that to varying degrees, we all experience because our bodies, like I talked about, are programmed to respond to stress in certain ways, right? It's, um, I guess my takeaway would be to just remember that, to remember that anxiety is not a weakness or a flaw in you, but it's actually just a part of being human. And what you get to bring to the table is not self-judgment or self-blame, but just an openness and a curiosity and a sense of compassion and tools to support yourself in that anxiety. Um, and just to remember that you're not, you're certainly not alone in that. And there are, there are so many ways we can support ourselves when we're feeling anxious. It just requires the willingness to, to do that work and to engage. Great reminder. And where do people go if they want to work with you in this? Yeah, so this is actually really lovely timing. I um, actually have a course that starts on October 5th. Um, doors close on October 4th. So hopefully you're listening to this before then. It's called The Work of Healing Anxiety. And we basically dive into everything I've just talked about in the last 15 minutes really deeply over the course of eight weeks. There's online videos, there's workbooks to help you dive into this in your own life. And there's also an online space where you can connect with myself on live calls and with other folks taking the class. So that would be my number one place just given this topic right now to come find me. Um, but if that's not available to you or accessible to you, um, I'm always happy to connect over on Instagram. And that's also probably the best way for you to find me and this course. So on Instagram, I am at Kelsey Mech, which is spelled K-E-L-S-E-Y-M-E-C-H. So come say hello there. Um, or you can find me on my website, which is KelseyMech.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kelsey. I definitely learned a lot. And I'm sure the audience learned a lot too. There's so much more to learn, obviously, uh, as it's a huge topic and it's impacting all of us, especially during challenging times like this. Uh, so I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us um, and looking forward to looking out for your course. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, as usual, we hope that you found this conversation helpful and learned as much as we did. Anxiety is part of being human, especially in our modern world that demands so much of us, and now especially more than ever during pandemic. It's something most of us struggle with. So all you got to know is that you are not alone. There are some practices that can certainly be self-soothing and helpful. We find doing something active like walking in the nature or by the water and also keeping a gratitude journal to remind ourselves of all the great things, super helpful. What is it that works best for you if you catch yourself anxious? If you don't already have a to-go-to practice, what's your next step to equip yourself with more tools in your toolbox? You've been listening to Prompt Health Podcast. You can follow Prompt Health on Instagram 
go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you've been listening to this right now and subscribe for free if you like listening to episodes like this. We would love to hear from you and your rating and reviews would mean a world to us. You can find similar episodes every Sunday. Until next time. Thank you.